of you visiting KPC, you'll, you'll find out that sometimes my jokes have nothing to do with the sermon whatsoever. It's fine. Just to warm you up. But to get into the sermon today, let me say that seeing someone experience God's power, and especially his power for healing, is one of the coolest things ever. Suddenly new things happen. A theoretical faith in God turns into reality. You have to deal with who he is. Reminds me of there was a vineyard church in California that used to take bags of groceries out to people who were in apartments and didn't have anything. And they stopped at one apartment and they gave him a bag of food. And the guy, they said, you okay? And the guy said, you know, I, I have a problem. I can barely walk half a block and I go through so much pain. I just pretty much I'm, I'm stuck in my apartment. They go, can we pray for you? And he said, sure, you can pray for me, whatever. And so they pray for him that God will heal them. They come back like a month later with a bag of food, and they knock on the same door. You want some food? And he's like, go away. They're like, what do you mean go away? He goes, you know, last time you brought food, and you prayed for me, and now, you know, I could only walk like, now I'm walking like blocks without any pain. You guys are scary. They're like, we're a good kind of scary. This is great. And so just, you know, God moves. And what, what is a theorize? You know, do I believe in God? And all of a sudden you're going, God is. God is awesome and he has power. Scripture passages change from merely historical information to guiding principles for moving with God. Suddenly you're studying the scriptures. How do we do this? How do we walk with God like this? How many of you have noticed a change in why you study the Bible based on what God does with you. You know, I'm, I love it when people have a lot of biblical knowledge. When they study the scriptures. But head knowledge is not what God's after. He wants you to study the scriptures. He wants you to know the scriptures. The question is, when will we make the, the move from trying to win trivia contests in scripture to studying the scriptures to find out, how do I do this thing? How do I follow Jesus? How do I walk with him? Many times it's based on something you've experienced with God. Just like brand new believers. Have you ever noticed with brand new believers, all of a sudden they, they get this voracious appetite. I've had them look at me and go, I can't stop reading the New Testament. i got to read everything Jesus said because they're so in love with him. They're like, I've got to know. I, when God answers your prayers... How many of you have found that you want to learn more about prayer? And then you find out there's a whole lot to learn about prayer. There's all kinds of different ways to pray. There's all kinds of things that God wants to do in prayer with you. How about when God gives you dreams and visions? You want to learn everything you can about dreams and visions. What's the difference between a dream and a vision? How does God do this? What does it mean? Suddenly you're starting to study God's colors and his numbers and his types and his kinds. And then you go, wait a minute, that applies to the scriptures. It's amazing what God's done. But he gives you these dreams and visions. You go, what does this mean? Because he gives them in parables. It's a story that he tells you. Sometimes it's straightforward. Many times it's just a parable he's speaking to you in the night. And then you got to find out what giftings does God use to receive dreams, that's prophetic. What giftings does he give to interpret them? That's word of knowledge, uh, word of wisdom. And then you have to learn the gifts. And you're like, i got to learn the gifts. I've got to learn how God moves. God has you be involved in a healing, and you want to learn more about healing. Yes, it can be so simple. You just pray for people's healings, right? But there's a whole lot more to it. You have to learn why was it so important to Jesus to heal people? 
He did it all the time. Is all healing the same? Well, the answer to that is no. There's three Greek words for healing. Sometime I'm going to, in the near future, I'll start teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and it takes a while to teach on healing. Why? Because there's three words for healing. One is eaomai. That's like when the power of God falls. You pray for healing, boom, they get healed right that moment. Then there's theropeuo. That's to minister curing to someone. It's praying for them. Maybe it takes a while for them to get healed. There was a ministry hundreds of years ago in Europe in which they did incubational prayer. They'd bring people in and just keep praying for them and praying for them, praying for them, and seeing over time they get healed. We're so used to, I should just pray once, and it happens. Then there's sozo healing. Sozo is wholeness. You know, there's a difference between all three of those types of healings. Uh, one of the best examples of this type of wholeness healing is the, the ten lepers that Jesus prayed for. Do you remember? He says, go show yourselves to the, the priests. Off they go, and all of a sudden as they're walking, they realize, oh my goodness, we're healed of leprosy. One comes back, a Samaritan, and it says that Samaritan said, thank you. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? Did I not heal all ten of you? He says, nonetheless, you are made whole. So the other nine had leprosy out of their body, but as I was hearing a, a Bible teacher say one time, is it possible, though, that that one who came back, because leprosy, sometimes, you know, you lose fingers and nose and ears and all kinds of stuff because of, did all of that grow back right then? Was he made whole emotionally as well, spiritually? We don't fully know, but it's different. He experienced the, the Aomai in which the power of God fell on him, and with the other nine, they get healed. The leprosy's gone, but this one is made whole. These things you have to study. You have to look at these things about healing. Healing is very involved. We also follow a sovereign God. When does God heal? When doesn't he? It's not my, I don't worry about it. God says, pray for healing, I do it. I want to take you into the passage for today, which is Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 1 and then 9 and 10. It says this, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town, and place where he was about to go. Then, 9 and 10, Jesus said, When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. So, back to verse 1, where he's saying that he appointed the 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two in every town. After, But it says, after this, what happened just before that? Well, I take you to Luke chapter 9. I'll read it to you from my phone app with the Bible. It says that when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then he gave them rules for what they're supposed to do. So this is what had gone on just before Luke 10 was the sending of the 12. Again, you know, when I talked about meanings of words, here, when he says, it says that he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure all diseases, that cure is theropeuo. Jesus did that. Many times when the crowds are brought to him, he does this kind of healing. He's healing them. I'm just thinking it's probably taken all night because he's ministering healing. I think he's probably spending time with each one. So he gives them authority to do curing or healing ministry to cure diseases. Then it said, he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to 
heal the sick. That's eaomai. So again, the reason why we have to study these words and go, well, now you can tell what I love to do. I, I like to hold up my office and dig in and go, all right, what's this word mean? And why does it mean this? And you know, why does God use four different words for love? And why do you use three different words for healing? And what's going on here? And all these meanings. I love it. I love digging into these things. But, but here, he, now it's not just the 12. In case you've had in your mind, well, God sent the 12 with all kinds of power. Here he's sending the other disciples, probably including the 12. But he appointed 72 others. And he gave them rules. So let's go through the rules. First off, verse 3, I didn't read it to you, but he says, Go your way, behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Thank you so much. We get to be little lambs. It doesn't even say you get to be rams. You know, like, I'm going to put horns on you. You're going to take them on and beat them down. No. I'm sending you out as nice little lambs, and there's got all these wolves out there, okay? What do wolves do with lambs? Think about it. It's like, thank you, Jesus. That's great. Rule, so next. Verse 4, carry neither ba- money bag, knapsack, sandals, greet no one along the road. So you, got, you have to go, you can't take any money with you. So Jesus tells them, no money, no nothing, just you're going to go for a walk, you're going to go to towns. In other words, this is telling you, this is a faith mission. Rule 2, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. You have to speak peace over the house you enter. It's a good thing to do anyway when you're visiting with friends and family and others. Rule three, verse seven, you have to remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Rule four is in verse eight, and this is what we read, and whatever is offered you, eat it. Isn't that exciting? How many of you love broccoli? How many of you hate broccoli? How many of you hate spinach? How about the worst thing on the planet? Brussels sprouts, right? Do, you know, if I visit at your house, you serve Brussels sprouts. I am not eating them. I'm just telling you right now. I'm just going to go, no, thank you. Because I said it already. I'm not doing it. My sister and I had a derogatory term for them. My mom didn't like it. But you know what? When you're, what Jesus is saying is when you are in someone's house, you will eat whatever they serve you. When I, was, when I go on short-term mission trips with my Uncle Bob, UB Missions, uh, I, he took me into Central America, Mexico, other places. You know what Rule he said? Whatever Christians serve, we eat it. Because he said it's easier to mend a bad stomach than a broken heart. Because when you say, no, I don't want it, you could break their hearts. What they have isn't good enough for you. So, yes, I've eaten all kinds of things. I went, huh, that's interesting. My wife's eaten worse things than I have, so I'll just, you can ask her sometime. But so, here's part of the rules. You're going to eat whatever is served to you. You've got to eat it doesn't matter what it is. But then in verse 9, he says, Heal the sick in that town and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Always remember that the kingdom of God is Jesus' central concept. He taught on it all the time. And with Jesus, everything is about the kingdom. And the world is seen through the lens of the kingdom of God. That's the way he saw the world, the way he still sees the world. Really quick, the definition of the kingdom is it's the reign and rule of God. That's what kingdom means. It's not a geographical kingdom. It's not in a place. The United States is not the kingdom of God. France is not the kingdom of God. China is not the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is beyond this world, but it's here on this planet. It's God's kingdom. It's where he reigns and rules, which is everywhere, and then in our lives. So for us, like Jesus, everything must be seen through the kingdom of God. 
And what are the signs that the kingdom's present in the scriptures? How do we know if the kingdom's present? Healing, deliverance, and people being saved is the, are the signs that the kingdom of God is active and present in a location. If you see those things start to happen, you go, oh man, the kingdom of God is here. It's like Jesus said when they said, by what authority are you doing this? How is this happening? And they accused him of stuff. And he said, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's how you know that's one of the signs that the kingdom is present. I'm not going to go any further because there's little ears in the room. So Jesus speaks about healing in this passage, dealing with the kingdom. So we know that healing is also one of the components of knowing that the kingdom is present. Think about all the other things he could have sent them to do. Go out and pass out food. Would have been great. Go multiply food and feed everybody. Okay. Go, go be kind to everyone you meet. Okay. But here he says, go to towns and heal them. I want you to heal. Why healing? Because Jesus, as I said earlier, is always healing people. Luke 4.40, at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. When Jesus would hang out, people would bring everyone to him to get healed. So it's not a bad practice, brothers and sisters. And what is our motivation to seek to see people get healed? Many times Jesus just healed out of compassion. Matthew 14, 14 says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. You know, I, I've been around somewhere like, you know, if God would just pour out healing, we would see like a revival hit. Jesus didn't worry about that. If, if God would just pour out a big enough miracle, my brother would get saved, which is great. But Jesus didn't land on the shore and say, look at all the people. I can make a real big splash here. It just said he had compassion. It means from the heart he felt for them. Brothers and sisters, my admonition to you is this. Adopt Jesus' heart. And when we pray for healing, you know, if God wants to do a revival, great. If he just wants to heal one person, fantastic. Right? It's not, I don't worry about it. My thing is I love to pray for people to get healed. One thing is healing teaches us about the nature of God. Exodus 15, 26 is where God tells us that I am the God who heals you. Yahweh Rophe. I am the God who heals you. Do you know God is a healing God? Do you know that God likes to heal people? It brings him joy. Do you know that God gets joy when you pray for someone and they get healed? Why? Because God's involved in it. By the way, as I've told you before, I've prayed for people. I've seen people get healed. I didn't heal any of them. I, I'm not God. God has healed all the people I've prayed for and they get healed. Just like when people get saved. I haven't saved anyone. I've told you this before. I've led people to Christ, but I didn't save anyone. Only God can save someone. Only God can open their heart. Likewise, only God can heal. Hey, I'm just a... I'm just a guy who likes praying with people. And, you know, here's one of the cool things. There is no special prayer. You don't have to learn the healing prayer. I told you before, I, I worked with a kids' ministry at one time. The kids started praying for you. They started getting healed. I didn't teach them, here, I'm going to write on the chalkboard, the healing prayer, you must say this prayer. You know what? God hears when they go, dear God, please heal. And he goes, yeah. You know, I think he's so happy to, when little ones pray that prayer. God, please heal. Now, I have to tell you, I think that this ministry assignment from Jesus is probably one of the easiest. Because in Matthew 10, 7 through 8, 
This is what Jesus said. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Ready for the list? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. How would you like Jesus to show up today and go, hey, everybody, let's get out there and raise the dead? You'd be going, uh, really? You know what's really cool with God? Many times, as we were talking earlier about learning, he'll put you in situations that are over your head. And you're going to go, I don't know what to do. You know, in after Luke 10 comes Luke 11, you know what happens in Luke 11? That's when the, the disciples all come back and they go, oh my goodness, man, the power is being poured out. Even the enemy was being cast out and all this kind of stuff. Be in that chapter, besides that, you know what they do? They look at Jesus and go, hey, will you teach us how to pray? I read that and I go, really, Jesus? You sent them out to go heal the sick and you never taught them to pray. Why would he do that? Do you know what they found out when they're out there? We don't know how to pray. Oh my goodness, we don't know how to pray. And they came back and said, teach us. God will do that with you sometimes. He'll put you in situations that are way over your head, and you're going to go, I don't know how to do this. And God's like, right? And you go, teach me how, Jesus. And he goes, that's what I wanted to hear. Teach me how. Right now, if you're going, well, if God sent me out to go heal me, I don't know if I would know what to do. And Jesus is like, right. Let's go do this together. This is exactly what he's looking for. So in application, I have an assignment for you. And it's not just the KPC folks. See, if God brought you, even with your kids, this is for you too. This is the assignment. Over the next couple of weeks, few weeks, go heal someone. Here are the rules for KPCers. Can't be in this building. If you come to me and say, oh yeah, well you know what? The day after you preached that, I was with my group and we prayed and someone got healed. I go, that is fabulous, but you got to do it out there. Outside the doors. you got to go find someone and go pray for them. That's what Jesus did. So I'm just passing on to you the same assignment the 72 guy. Go out there and go pray for someone's healing. And if they get healed, tell them about the kingdom of God. That's what it was about. Uh, the next thing is also, it doesn't count if you go, yeah, I was at my house. And I was just really praying for someone to get healed. No, I'm talking about you have to go minister healing to someone. You want to know one of the easiest ways to do it? Uh, drives my daughter nuts. But in grocery stores, many times when I'm checking out, I'll ask the, the, the person who's, you know, at the, at the counter with the, you know, checking me out of the, uh, the grocery store, and I'll say, how you doing? I've had them say, you know what, just my arm's hurting or my head's hurting, and I'll just say, can I pray for you? I've never, I think I've had one say no. All the others said, okay. I don't turn it into a prayer healing service. Like, everybody bow down in the store. We're going to go for the Lord. I just go, okay, well, I'm just going to stand here, and I just go, Dear Lord God, you know, whatever the name on the name tag, you know, Bill or whoever. Lord God, would you please heal Bill? Will you take this headache away or will you take away the shoulder pain or whatever it is? Please, God, in Jesus' name, amen. And I don't do it really loud because why? I'm ministering to this person. Compassion for that person, right? It's really cool what God does. See, and I don't worry about it. I did what God told me to do. I'm supposed to go minister healing. Only God can heal a person. So you know what? I do ask them, are you getting better? I know. There's a story I told you. I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyway. Years ago, I was a chaplain in the public, in Stockton PD, okay? And we were on public school campuses. I was a public school campus chaplain in California in a public school. Get a load of that. The kids all knew me as chaplain. 
the principal was a Christian, she called me the chaplain of the campus. I just wasn't allowed to do open evangelism. But one day the teacher comes out, and we're lining the kids up to go to class, and she has this glass of ice on her head, plastic glass, and I go, are you okay? She goes, I got this splitting headache, and I got to go teach. I go, oh, can I pray for you? Okay. So I just stood next to her. I said, dear Lord God, would you please take this headache away? Heal her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just quietly. Because, you know, I don't want to get in trouble with the powers that be. And then I help her walk her, her students to class. When we get back to class, she opens the door and locks it, holding it up. She's still holding the ice to her head. And I go, is your head still bothering you? She goes, well, wait a minute. Oh, my goodness, the headache's gone. I go, right. Praise God. <laughs> That's all you got to do. I'm just telling you right now, this isn't rocket science. It's Jesus science. It's totally cool. So how do I prepare for this? I have a list of what you got to believe to be involved in this. You ready for this? Number one, you got to believe that God is. God is who he claims to be. He is the great I am. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. you got to believe that God exists and that he's alive. Two, you have to believe that God has power. You believe that God has power? He has a whole lot more power than we even know. He is super powerful. Three, you've got to believe that God heals people and that it's his will to heal. And that four, are you ready for this one? This is the tough one. God will use you to heal people. You've got to believe that. And you've got to be ready. That's number five. One time I went to go visit someone who was in the hospital. And it was like this funky ICU unit where there was like partitions. They were more like, I don't know, canvas or something or, or sheets almost hanging there. And I went to go pray for this. I'm praying for their healing. And as I, I'm leaving, people from the next section over, I have no clue who they are. They come around the corner. They go, would you come over here and pray for healing for this person? I go, yeah. No, I didn't do it like that. I just went, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Came over and prayed for healing. I figured, you know what? They just heard everything I prayed for. I'm going to pray that Jesus will heal this person too. So be ready. If you ask someone, if you're at the grocery store, if you're at a checkout counter, if wherever you are, if you're in a public place and you ask someone, how are you doing? And they say, you know what? I got a headache. You got to do it. It's really simple. You just go, can I pray for you? You know, if they say no, okay. You know what's the worst thing in the world? Not the worst thing. Have you ever been to those situations where God puts something on your heart? And you don't say it. And then somebody else comes along and they say it. And the person's like, oh, I'm just so blessed that you did that. And you miss out on the opportunity. And you're like, oh, man. You feel like the worst Christian on the planet. You know what God was doing? He was just teaching you. Yeah, you failed, but he loved you. So uh, I fail all the time. So it's just one of those moments you go, oh, God, I wish I'd done it. I mean, you put it on my heart. I should have done it. Same thing. Praying for healing. Be the person that God will use. And if you're willing to do it once, guess what? God will probably do it two or three more times. Maybe he does a hundred times. Maybe you find out you have a gift of healing. But if you never pray for anyone, if you never, ever get to the point where you get to lay hands on them or anything, you'll never know. Maybe God wants to do something really cool with you. God will do this through you. You are the primary method God uses to heal people, by the way. So my admonition is this. Bring healing with you everywhere you go. And when people get healed, get ready to tell them about the kingdom of God and how much Jesus loves them. It's one of the easiest ways to break that conversation open. I'm telling you. 
It is so much fun when God moves. So I want to encourage you. And by the way, for all the young ones in the room who were singing and did a fabulous job of singing, I was so blessed. He'll do it with you too. There is no age limit on this. This isn't for people who are 30 and older or you have to be 70 or something like that. And by the way, if you're 70, God's still using you. You know that, right? If you're 80s, God's still using you. 90, you're still not out of the ballpark. 100, still in. If you're 10, yep, God will use you. 8, you bet it. You bet your booties he's going to do it. Uh, 5, yep. I've seen God use 5-year-olds. Younger, 3, yep. All they have to say is, please God, please heal this person. That's it. You're just asking God to move. And by the way, I've seen he likes to move with kids a lot. He really does. You ready to bless the Lord God with singing? Let me pray for them really quick. Lord God, would you pour an anointing upon everyone here, that you pour an anointing of healing upon us, Lord. God, you know my heart is, I, I want one day that this will be a house where people even enter the house, they begin to get healed of things. And Lord God, you use us to heal people, please. Lord, put us, I'm asking right now that you will give us divine opportunities in the coming weeks, Lord God, whether they're KPC or they're brothers and sisters that go to other churches that are here, I ask that you give us all divine appointments because we're all followers of you, Jesus. We're your people. Give us divine opportunities. Blow it open, flash the lights, whatever you got to do. Just don't let us miss it, please. And give us opportunities to pray for healing outside those doors, Lord God. Virginia Beach needs healing, Lord God. There are a lot of hurting people out there physically, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually.